KSKQ Community Radio 94.9 FM in Ashland, Oregon, the best radio station out there right now. All people who are experiencing homelessness or are on the edge join us and find services such as haircuts, legal and employment counseling, meals, food stamps, medical screenings, and veterinary care. For more info, call Ed at Access 541-774-4330. That's Project Homeless Connect 2011. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice proudly supports KSKQ LP 94.9 FM in Ashland. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice brings together labor unions, religious congregations, student groups, and the community organizations to improve working people's standard of living, job security, and their right to organize. Visit their website at www.sojwj.org. KSKQ thanks Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice for supporting community radio. Hello, my name is Trevor Thomas, and welcome to The Alternative Show. You're listening to KSKQ 94.9 FM. Thank you very much for listening. What is The Alternative Show, you may ask? The Alternative Show is a variety show that includes interesting conversations, weird clips and sketches, tech and media reviews, and other random stuff sprinkled with alternative rock, new age, and various musical genres. Today is, of course, Mother's Day, and we've got a special Mother's Day segment planned out for our show today. We're also going to be playing some music by uh, Ben Harper, The Beatles, uh, Styx, Blink-182, Jason Mraz, potentially the Black Eyed Peas, and Fountains of Wayne. We'll also be doing our regular segments, the part where myself and my co-host Jason Engel talk for a while. Um, <clears throat> we'll play some music, as I said. We're also going to do a new segment. Instead of tech news, it's news and reviews. And uh, before all that, I want to tell you a little bit about the Hubcast Network. Visit hubcastnetwork.com to get a smattering of high-quality podcasts centrally located. I tell you about the Hubcast Network because I created it. It's a collection of different podcasts that I've found, some of my friends, and, uh, and some of my own stuff, too. You'll find the Alternative Show on there, a few other podcasts, um... Maya's Mix, which is usually on Tuesdays from two, or sorry, Fridays from Saturday, Fridays from two to three, here on KSKQ is also on the Hubcast Network, and a few others you might want to check out. And if you don't know what a podcast is, uh, well, that's what Wikipedia is for. So here we go, getting into our show. I'm starting with our Mother's Day segment. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. That's right, today is Mother's Day. 
And my co-host, Jason Engel, is currently having dinner with his mother. That's why he's not here at the moment. He'll be here a little bit later today. I uh, can't have dinner with my mother. She's in Phoenix, Arizona. But, uh, Mom, if you're listening, happy Mother's Day. And I'll give you a call a little bit later tonight. Uh, so, Mother's Day. Today, we have a special special song for you, partly because there's not a whole lot of great songs out there about Mother's Day. This is Renegade by Styx. And the reason we're playing this song, of course, is uh, for all those convict mothers out there. It's an often overlooked demographic of mothers. This song is for you. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long.
Ah, YouTube appreciation. YouTube, we love you. YouTube has brought us a an interesting new song. Uh, and by new, I mean new to me. This is uh, Blitzkrieg Bop. But, huh. It's a, it's a cover of Blitzkrieg Bop done by Jason Mraz. And, well, I'll just let him tell you about it. Hey, what's up? I'm Jason Mraz, and I'm here today to perform to you a cover of the Ramones' Blitzkrieg Bop. First time I ever heard this song, it was actually the first time I'd ever heard the Ramones. And I heard it courtesy of National Lampoon's Vacation, the Chevy Chase film, when uh, Rusty and Audrey are sitting in the back seat of the, the uh, family truckster, and they're arguing. And the best way that they can get away from each other is just to put the headphones on. And I think it was the, uh, I think it was Audrey who put the headphones on and, hey, ho, oh, let's go, kind of kicked in, and you just see him kind of taken off down the highway, so... I've always been attracted to that song, so I figured it'd be a good one to cover since it's the least likely genre that I would ever attempt to cover. So, without further ado, here's the uh, Blitzkrieg Bop, give or take the Bop. straight line They're going through a tight wind And the kids are losing their minds The Blitzkrieg Bop They're piling in the backseat They're generating steam heat And pulsating to the backbeat of the Blitzkrieg Bop Hey, let's go Shoot them in the back now What they want I don't know All revved And the kids are losing their minds To the Blitzkrieg Bop They're piling in the backseat They're generating steam heat Pulsating to the backbeat Of the Blitzkrieg Bop Straight line 
And going through the tight wind And the kids are losing their minds The Blitzkrieg bop They're piling in the backseat They're generating steam heat And pulsating to the backbeat Of the Blitzkrieg bop Let's go. The Blitzkrieg Bob. The Blitzkrieg Bob. The Blitzkrieg Bob. And now it's time for a classic commercial break. I love my kids more than anything. Which is why mom keeps me clinically obese, so I won't run away. That's where Kate comes in. My sister's son got to 18 and just ran away. She was brokenhearted. Now me and little Joshua celebrate every day with Kate. He's my number one, and he knows it. Now he's not running anywhere. Why not celebrate with Kate every day? Celebrate Kate.
And welcome to the as yet unnamed segment with both myself and Jason. Hey. All right. Um, say something. I'm trying to figure out the mics here. Okay. I was actually thinking when you said the as yet unnamed segment, I think that could that'd be a good title for the segment. Unnamed segment? Yes. <laughs> Just like uh, there's that one band, The Unknowns, uh-huh. or the band you're about to hear. Interesting. I like those kind of names. Maybe the segment formerly known as Dos yes. Blokes. Yes. It's very much just on-the-nose names. Right. <laughs> Could be the Us Talking segment. Yay. Um, so before we start, I um, thought we would continue our Mother's Day thingy. By I've got a like a, a news thingy that I found uh, about a time that mothers weren't so popular. Really? Yes. Um, back in the... 50s, people like to think of the 50s as being the um, the time when stay-at-home mothers were like the, uh, you know, the epitome of of what, what people a, did. Yeah, what a woman could become was right. just a stay-at-home mom, and that was the... Yeah, and they were really popular back then. But um, in reality, it wasn't for like 150 years ago. Bef- like, that was the last time they were actually really revered like back Mm. then being a stay-at-home mom you had like a lot of power and influence and uh in the 50s it was actually like more like they were wallpaper yeah it's it's been romanticized a lot yeah but uh the whole idea of being a mom and staying at home and taking care of kids and stuff they were bringing out all these crazy studies about like that's when staying at home moms became like mothering became nagging Mm. at around that time okay and they started publishing all this stuff, like the whole Freudian thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So loving your mom was no longer just loving your mom. It was now something different. <laughs> and they were starting to bring out all this stuff about war propaganda. Like they had this book that said, uh, like, mothers and their warm apple pies have probably killed more soldiers than anyone else. What? Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Because all the, you know, all the mothering and mother's love and... Still doesn't make sense. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't make sense at all. But that's that was probably the time in history when women had the least amount of rights. Actually, well, maybe not the time in history, but in recent history, <laughs> in America. All right, throughout America, that's the time when they've had the least amount of rights. Yeah. So before then, I mean, yeah, they still couldn't vote and everything, but they had a lot more power. And at that point, 1950s, people were revamping um, motherhood as being a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if you love your mom, then you're not really a man anymore. So yeah. It's a very, yeah, it very is. weird time. I, I, I don't know much about women's rights because I've never taken those classes. But I, I, I think it was like in the 50s or 60s when the women's movement started. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the voting thing came in. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm very dumb on this subject. So me too. <laughs> I have this thing, and if I'd read the entire thing, I'd be able to give you a lot more information. But I just skimmed it before coming over here, and I just thought I'd touch on it a little bit. Huh. Wow. So there you have it. Something about something relating to Mother's Day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get anything from that. Great. That's that's what we're here for. Irrelevant news. Yeah. On topics that we have not researched. Yeah. We're busy. We have jobs. Exactly. We had to spend time with our mothers today. And by us, I mean you, because mine <laughs> lives in Phoenix. So. That's why I was late getting here. Right. <laughs> uh, 
So, um, damn that one day of the year they ask of me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, see, that's just wrong. Uh, so let's get to the actual topic that we're here to talk about today. Yeah. Which is um, spirituality, oddly enough. We've talked a little bit about it on the alternative show before. And I thought today that we could just kind of go over how both you and I feel about, I don't know, God and religion and all those kind of taboo topics that you usually don't talk about on the radio. Yeah. You know, um, it was either this or politics, and we thought this would be more interesting. Politics makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, religion makes a lot of people angry. There's there's a, an overabundance of, like, Mormons here in Ashland. Seriously? There's, it's, it's either... Mormons or the Church of Latter-day Saints people, the guys that, you know, walk around your door. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys. There's a lot of them here, a lot more than I thought there would be. Really? Yeah, it's like a mini Utah. But um, I've seen a few Jehovah's Witnesses walking around. but Yeah, that kind of thing. It's, it's interesting. I have no problem with religion. It's, uh, it's not a problem at all. It's just, it's just an odd place for it. I mean, this is almost like a hippie town. Yeah. You know, Ashland is uh, flower power and all that stuff. But um, I don't know. So, like, what did you grow up with in your household? Um, I, I, I grew up with uh, kind of a, a spiritual mom, I guess. She read a lot of um, Neil Donald Walsh books and, like, the Conversation with God books. And she read a lot of the uh, Cryon series mm. and... Um, Things like that. But uh, we also had friends that I would go with, um, like uh, when I would hang out at my friends' houses, and I would go with them on Sundays to their churches. So I got I, I got a, a bit of a taste of like uh, Catholic churches and Christian churches and um, Baptist churches, and then also uh, kind of spiritual, more, more spiritual teachings as well. So I, I got a nice mix of all of those when I was growing up. Yeah, I uh, my parents grew up, I guess, uh, I think it was Catholic. My mom at least grew up Catholic. I don't know what my dad's family's religion was. Probably Christian. Um, but uh, but when both my parents got together, they decided that they wanted um, me to have a freedom of religion, basically. Yeah. So they didn't necessarily make me go to any particular church or believe in anything. Whenever I was at my grandparents' house, I would potentially have to go to church sometimes. And that was very weird. It was always like a Catholic mass kind of thing. Yeah. A yeah. whole bunch of people and then... All the kids would go into this other room and they'd teach you stuff like, um, you know, Moses and the Ark and all those kind of stories. Yeah. And then you'd have some bread and drink some grape juice or something like that. Yeah. It's very, very weird. So I had all these questions that I wanted to ask, but even back then I knew, like, you, there's just certain questions you can't ask, <laughs> like, religion wise. Yeah. I, I wasn't old enough, I think, to. And understand the questions I, I nowadays would have been asking, but I, I was old enough to just know I wasn't fitting in well. I just didn't feel comfortable ever in a church. I don't know why. Yeah, the, the most uncomfortable one would have to be a Catholic church, only because I just I felt very out of place because I didn't know all the moves and the crossing fingers over your chest and head and the kneeling and I just never know when I was supposed to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I was always about a good. 10 seconds behind everybody kneeling and everybody <laughs> doing the thing and everybody saying the prayer. So yeah. there was like a, there was always an echo happening in the church when I was there because I was just always behind everybody <laughs> by 10 seconds. Have you, have you ever done the confession thing? Uh, no, no. It's, uh, nowadays if I, if I happen to be in a Catholic church for some weird reason, I think I would just to check it out to see yeah. what it was like. 
but back then the 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 uh, confession booths always just looked very daunting and scary. Yeah. And it was always made of very, very dark oak for some reason. Just very dark, dark wood. Mm-hmm. Just made it even more creepy. So Very creepy. I, I've never done it myself, but after all the movies I've seen with all the confession thing, I could probably do it. Yeah. I think I could pull it off. Well, I, I, I would say. I, I can easily do it and easily just spout off anything I think I should be confessing to, but yeah. I just wouldn't feel any way about it. Right. Like, I, I, I almost sometimes wish I was more into just one set religion, because then I, could, I imagine I could probably get a lot more out of that, just feelings-wise, and feeling, you know, the burden, the burden being lifted off me as I'm confessing or whatever, just, just mm-hmm. getting some kind of deep connection to something spiritual. Yeah, it's really hard when, when um, I guess, growing up non-religious, it's not like you can really focus on any particular religion and see what it's all about. You, you really have to be a part of it. Yeah. to get something out of it. And I, and I kind of miss that a little bit because I know people that are way into like Christianity or Catholicism and there's something there for them. Like there's just this, I don't know, this presence or something that they really feel that I've just never really experienced. Well, I, I just I just always envy that sense of belonging that they're kind of emanating. Yeah. Like they, they belong to this group. They belong to this church. They belong to this religion. I've never felt that kind of belonging with anything. I've mm-hmm. my my life in terms of spirituality or religion has mostly just been about sampling. Like I would just right. kind of sample this religion or that religion or this teaching or that teaching or you know this master or that you know Buddhist whatever. It's just I've never been deeply deeply connected to something. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I get what you mean. I think that's part of the reason both of us tend to be more freelance rather than working for somebody. Yeah, is um, just because growing up it's always been more about being independent and being individual. As opposed to, you know, trying to fit in. Like our parents were always, I mean, my parents at least were definitely kind of like outside of the norm. They definitely didn't fit into like any particular religion or any particular group of people. They were just there doing their own thing and trying to raise us to kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Just giving us those choices. And and by doing that, we kind of miss out on that feeling of belonging and, you know kind of security that comes with that. On the other hand, I feel pretty confident in, you know, trusting myself in certain situations, which I think other people have a hard time doing when they're like really involved with a church group or uh, something like that. Questioning that becomes that much harder. Yeah. Um, so your mom was way into spirituality. Well, not, not, um, a huge way when I was really little, like just as I started growing up, she started getting more and more into it. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of a, just a natural kind of slow progression as I grew up. But uh, she, she never like to, to her credit, she never ever tried to jam any of it down my throat or make me read it or believe in it. She was just, that's what she, what, what she was into. If I ever had questions about it, she would answer them. But yeah. for the most part, she just let me discover things on my own. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I, I give her you know tons of credit for that. My uh, my mom was definitely into the the whole spiritual path, um, and I didn't really get into it until I was about fifteen. Um, but before that, she would bring me in on just different stuff. Like she would, she was very much like you know, just try it kind of person. Yeah. So and she'd give me all just kinds of weird stuff, and I grew up like just being embarrassed by it for a while, and then after a while, occasionally I'd try it and. And I would get something out of it, and that was helpful for me. So having that um, ability to try things that I wouldn't normally try is something that I kind of got from my mom, which I do really appreciate. Um, Some of the stuff that she would get me into, like she was part of a Reiki group for a while. 
What so is I, Reiki? I've, I've heard the name. I've heard the term. Basically hands-on healing. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It's like yeah. moving energy through your body to help heal somebody else. Um, yeah. my, my brother's more of the opinion that all you're doing is just warming up your hands and it's just more like, I, uh, during a ultimate Frisbee match a couple of years ago, I saw somebody, some guy do that to a girl that hurt her leg. It looks very weird when it's I happening. I think I remember that. Yeah. Was that, um, was that like a few years ago? Like a group that we played with? Yeah. I was down at the, uh, the mountain uh, yeah. soccer park. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was just a weird, weird that guy thing. was weird anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those. Like, if you believe in it, maybe it does something. If you don't believe in it, it's just kind of a distraction. Yeah, especially with Reiki. I think it's it's you should learn about it at least before you see it in practice. Because if right. you see it in practice, you always see it as a joke. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, – it's it. I, I think it's possible that that does actually help. But I think both people kind of have to be in tune with it. And I've tried it myself, and I do definitely feel something. Like, if you're really concentrating on it, you can feel, like, kind of an energy, like, building up in your hands and some sort of process or transfer. And it's kind of like uh, cloud bursting. Like, have you ever tried that? I don't even know what that is. Basically, um, and this and this I've actually done before, and it seems to work. Um, just pick a cloud and stare at it for a while, and eventually it dissipates. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You just look at a cloud until it disappears. It's called cloud bursting. Oh, it's basically showing the power of your own like mind over your environment. Oh. And this is something that actually works. Like you could just look up at the sky and pick a cloud and keep looking at it, and eventually it will just kind of fade off into mist. Now, I don't know if that's just something clouds do all the time anyway. Or if it's really me, like, changing that. But I do know that there's power in, like, your eyes. Something my brother showed me uh, is, uh, I think I brought it up at one point. There's a device that somebody has made that will, can tell if you're looking at it. Like, there's something that your eyes put out, like some sort of, like, force or something that, depending on what you're looking at, yeah, it's like an energy that your eyes are giving off, hmm. you know. And this device has been built to... Um, to detect whether that energy is is pointing in its direction or not. And so he's hooked it up to like a light switch. So you can look at this thing and the light will turn off. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an actual scientific um, device huh. that basically proves that your eyes do give off some sort of energy. Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. <laughs> so a bit of a digression there. Yeah. Well, you got into it because uh, you said your mom was also into Reiki right. growing up. Yeah, Reiki, uh, there's no one called Rohan, which is very similar to Reiki, but I don't know what the difference is. Rohan. And then there's... I was just watching Lord of the Rings last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Rohan was a town village. Oh, I see. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, And then there's a third one called Rolfing, which I always just... That throwing up? <laughs> That's what I always thought, but no. Really? It's not. It's some sort of like, it's like a combination of Reiki and chiropractory. Huh. Or something. I don't know. I, I always stayed away from those, but yeah, there's a lot of different like hands-on healing type things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think growing up, my mom was more into the um, metaphysics and the quantum physics mm. of spirituality, not so much in the, um, I guess, healing stuff or right. more kind of 
kind of like airy fairy type stuff. She was more into the kind of mathematics and the quantum physics about it. So. See, now that's interesting to me because that's the part that I always kind of resonated with. Yeah. Like figuring out how the universe works based on this more spiritual understanding, yeah. I guess. I mean, she was a math teacher for like 10 years. Oh, so I didn't know that. I guess that. she kind of grabbed onto it that way. But I always thought that, um, well, like quantum physics – it's very similar to a lot of the stuff that spirituality teaches you. Like all things are connected. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, just the idea that there's all these different, like the idea that your mind has the power to create the universe that you're living in is something that quantum physics embraces. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting that scientists are discovering a lot of the things that like Buddhists <clears throat> and Zen Taoists have discovered like thousands of years ago already. Yeah, it's pretty trippy. Yeah, it's it's very interesting how our world works. Um, yeah. So, uh, did you ever read any? I I, I have a list of books that kind of got me into spirituality, and oh, I was yeah? going to ask you if you had ever read any that really. I've skimmed a bunch, but I, I, honestly, the I've, I've kind of read these books almost secondhand where it's like I'm, I'm around tons of people that have read these books and gone over them thousands of times and, and they share their ideas and the things they've learned from it with me. And so in a way I have like gone over the stuff in this books just by having these conversations with the people that have read them like over and over and over again. So I, I in a way I feel like I have, but most of them I haven't actually read. I just kind of have talked with people about what, what they got from the book and what they learned from the book and how that kind of affected them. And that's, I feel like that's more of a, powerful thing to get as opposed to just reading it right off the back yeah um i was that way with conversations with god oh yeah so yeah. i've never actually read any of those books completely yeah but actually moved up here i mean i think you know this i moved up here to work with neil and uh mm. help him uh, originally i said i was going to move up to ashland and i'll be neil donald walsh's web designer that was my goal <laughs> okay but um but yeah the the Neil Donald Walsh and Conversations with God is one of those books that has affected me peripherally in that I haven't actually read them, but pretty much agree with the stuff that I know about them. Yeah. I've read parts of them and like what I hear. Mm-hmm. And I've had lots of conversations with people about Conversations with God. Yeah. Um, the biggest book that affected me is when I was 15, I read Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Yeah. I've another book that I've talk to a lot of people about but i've never read myself <laughs> right it's a it's a fantastic book to me it's it's probably my favorite metaphysical new agey type book it's more about mind body awareness than anything else yeah but like it's very much about uh, like it covers all the different areas of things like how your mind affects your state of being and 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 um how to take care of your body and your health and um like preconceived misconceptions about not having control over yourself and your life and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a really amazing book. It's, and my favorite kind of spiritual books are the ones that tell a story of some kind. Yeah. So way of the peace warrior has a story to it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a first person journey about the author. It's his story from when he was younger and he's changed it a bit to make it more interesting as a book. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what's kind of turned me off when trying to read books about quantum physics is most of the books about quantum physics are like textbooks. Yeah. There's no actual story, nothing like, you know, subtly in there. It's just all facts, 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 or or what yeah. they, you know, claim are facts. But 
I get so bored with those kinds of books. Yeah. I mean, I'll read them if I really need to, but. You know, that's, that's why I, I like the spiritual books that have a story. Yeah. Kinda, that, that tells the kind of spiritual teachings or whatever, just so it's something I can attach to. Me but. too. Those are my favorite types of books. Um, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, Celestine Prophecy was another one that has the same kind of thing going on. Yeah. Uh, Mr. God, This is Anna is a book that I read a long time ago. Same kind of thing. Yeah, you were telling me about that book. I, I do want to check that out now, actually. Yeah, it's a really cool book. It's like a it's a combination of religion and science. Yeah. So, um, it's the idea. It's, it's where science and religion meet from the perspective of like a six-year-old girl. Yeah. It's just a very interesting, really endearing, charming book written like a hundred years ago. <laughs> And still, like, talks about all the same kind of stuff that we're, like, discovering now in, like, quantum physics and, and popular authors are writing about now in, in spirituality and metaphysics and things like that. And you said it was done by an Eng- English author? Yeah. Okay. Um, the the author is, his name is Finn, and that's not his actual name, it's, like, his writer's name. Okay. But uh, he's, like, a... Um, he was like a British chimney sweeper from like the early 1800s or something like that. Nice. Like he was a homeless guy that lived in like a shack over by something or other. And, um, and this kid was staying with him for, for a while, this little girl that didn't have a home. And, um, and in the course of him taking care of her and learning about all that stuff, like he was trying to get her to go to church because he was all religious and scientific it was religious and scientific, which was interesting. And she, in going to church, was teaching him about why church, the stuff they talk about in church was wrong, but also where church and science meet. And yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So I, I liked that book for that reason. Huh. Yeah, I, I always saw church as kind of like school. Where it's like I, I, I appreciate all I, I can actually use all the lessons that school teaches you and all the actual things and the maths and the writing and the geography or whatever. But I don't like the structure of the school, and that's kind of the same thing I feel with religion. I, I can appreciate all the lessons, like the kind of spiritual teachings inside of Christianity or inside of Catholicism, but I don't like the structure of church. Yeah, I just that just always turned me off about it. Well, the other thing, like the the way in which it's different from school to me is in school at least you can ask the question why. Yeah. And a religion that's usually frowned upon. Yeah. A couple schools I've been to, they didn't like asking why. (laughs) (laughs) That's true also. Because most of the time they're just reading from a teaching guide. Well, yeah. I mean, school is very much about memorizing nowadays. Yeah. And religion's basically the same thing, except not only do you have to memorize it, but you also have to believe it. Yeah. So, um... My uh, my mom, when I was growing up, was way into Ramtha. Have you ever heard of that? No. What is it? It's a, it's a channel. Oh, she okay. uh, uh, Ramtha is a, somebody that channels an alien. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So my mom was into kind of alien stuff for a while, yeah. which was interesting and weird. Hey, I'd, I'd give it a chance. I mean, all yeah. this all the stuff I believe in is weird enough. So yeah, I'd definitely give that a chance at least. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've I've grown up very open-minded um, in that, you know, I can't necessarily prove or disprove anything. So I'm willing to give stuff a chance if there's a, yeah, you know, if there's something reasonable about it, then I'll I'll definitely consider it. Aliens, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I I I there there are a few things in this world that I deeply believe in, but I do mm-hmm. believe in aliens. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't possibly think of how this universe could be created without other life forms out there. Yeah. I and mean, we're still, even to this day, even just from a few weeks ago or a month ago at this point, we're still finding out how large the universe is. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy huge. And it's only now that they're coming to the theory that it's never-ending. Right. So, so it's pretty unbelievable of me to think that there's nothing else out there. <laughs> It's it's interesting to me when I was uh, when my mom was into that. My dad was into these books about Pleiadians, which is another group of aliens that lived in the Pleiades star system. Like I said, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try it out. But they had a book, and I loved the title of it. Although the book itself, the book itself was interesting. It was supposedly written by aliens. Huh. And I guess translated into this language. Yeah. It was interesting. I, it had some good stuff in it. I have to admit. But the title of the book was um, Nothing in this book is true, but it's exactly how things are. Oh. And I just love that title. That title has always stuck with the title me. Of the book. That was the title of the book. When was that written? It was, I don't know, early 90s, um, late 80s maybe. Wow. It's a very tiny little book written by somebody that was channeling Pleiadians. Supposedly their book about humanity and, and where it's going and, and what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right and how to get to wherever. Yeah. It had like the history of the universe and earth as told by them and all this weird stuff. It had some really great, great stuff in there Yeah, and crazy stuff that you wouldn't believe if you'd read it. But I love that book title. Um, and when I was growing up, because of that book and because of other books, uh, we believed that there was going to be a photon belt that we would travel through and we would turn into photonic beings and move into the fourth or fifth dimension. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. This I, think, was... I think my mom might have been into that. Really? Yeah. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah. It's, or it might have been a movie I saw. It's uh, uh, I don't know if it was in a movie or not. Should but be. It, yeah, it should be. It was it was an idea that I grew up with, which I kind of equate to like back in like the fifties and sixties when people were believing that, um, I mean, destroying the planet and all the wars and stuff. Yeah. Everybody thought that the world was coming to an end. Yeah, and uh, and this was another one of those kinds of things where our way of life was going to come to an end, and we were going to change into some other crazy version of ourselves and ascend. Yeah, yeah, there's a crazy uh, Christian group right now that's uh, saying the world's going to end uh, May 21st. Oh, really? So just in a few weeks. And why are they saying that? I don't know. We're crazy. <laughs> is, it, is this a 2011 thing or is this some new date that they've come up with? I think it's some new date they've come up with. Because the old dates didn't work. No, they never have worked. 2000, um, what was it? There was the apocalypse, which was supposed to happen in 2009, I think. Yeah. The only one looking back that could have caused some kind of global meltdown would have been the 2000 thing. The Y2K just, thing? Just if that crushed all of our computers. Right. That easily could have triggered, you know, like all of our nuclear reactors are run off computers. And, you know, like we've seen in Japan now what happens when they're shut down for a few hours. Right. They go boom. Yeah, that was so. amazingly, nothing happened <laughs> on 2000. No, nothing at all. Like, not a single thing. Like, I really thought that was going to be a lot bigger than that. <laughs> well, it made sense because for like the f couple of years before that, they started changing all the code in their machines. So when it hit 2000. Yeah, but there's so many machines that they couldn't have gotten to. And Well, it took them a couple of years, but. All right. Well, I guess they were compliant and that was nice. And it didn't affect my computer at all. No. Which was weird. No. <laughs> 
yeah, it was just a whole weird thing. But the uh, the photon belt thing, because of that, I actually didn't um, think that I was going to have to finish high school. <laughs> so, That's awesome. <laughs> so I didn't really pay attention anymore in school and didn't get good grades because of that. Oh, that's the only reason, right? Right, because yeah. Yeah. around I figured by the 10th grade, I would be a photonic being in the fifth dimension. <laughs> and I wouldn't have to finish high school, so I just, you know, did whatever. <laughs> I like that that's your reason and not that you're like most every other teenager and that you're lazy. <laughs> no, I had a, I had an actual reason. And when that didn't happen, I was really disappointed. And Did you tell any of your teachers that when they're asking you where no. your homework is? Well, we're all going to die soon. So <laughs> I didn't, but that was in the back of my mind. Really? Yeah, for a while I kept waking up and thinking, is this going to be my last day? Wow, that's like, kind of messed up. It was. It was messed up. And that was because of that whole thing that my parents were into back then. What yeah. did they do when it didn't happen? Well, they just they they did what they normally do and said, you know, oh, we have new information that it will be happening sometime next year, or it's already happened, but because time is fluid, the events haven't actually caught up to us yet. Wow! So you know, it was it was just it was, that's pretty messed up. It was messed up, yeah. So that was about when I got disillusioned with all that kind of stuff. I, I could easily see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so anyway i guess that's pretty much all i got yeah do you have any uh closing thoughts or statements not really i don't know i've been I've, I've been thinking a lot about uh my my childhood with religion and spirituality and things and I, i'm always kind of afraid that just because i mean since from starting out i never really believed in anything religious or spiritual because I, I just like, like i said i just kind of tasted everything yeah like all the different you know churches and spiritual teachings i just had a taste of everything so i never had anything i can truly truly believe in and because of that i'm worried that i don't know what it's like to truly believe in something spiritual hmm. so i'm just i'm 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 afraid that i'll never will truly believe in something spiritual because every time i start to believe in something i get a taste of something else that kind of completely negates whatever the first thing is yeah and so, like, my mind is so open to everything that I'm never focused on one thing. Like, I, I can never truly believe in one thing because I keep thinking, well, all these other thousands and thousands of different beliefs out here might have a point. Right. So, like, my mind just kind of won't let itself truly believe in one thing. Uh, it's it's difficult. I mean, it's 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 almost an all-or-nothing situation. Yeah. Like, I, I think ultimately it's just we just got to figure out what we believe in. Uh, whether or not other people echo that doesn't matter. Yeah. Just figure out something that we, because we, you got to believe in something. I mean, just just not believing in anything means that you are not participating in any way with you know the world. And at some point, you just have to say, you know, all right, I'm just going to believe in this for now. Yeah. You know, if it changes later, it changes. But for the moment, I believe in this. Yeah. And just act that way. Yeah, I think I think growing up with. In terms of churches, I think I was always afraid to believe in the churches because I think I was always scared of the consequences of not doing what that belief would tell me to do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it was more of a, a fear of kind of failing at believing something that kind of stopped me from believing it. I don't know. Well, I mean, ultimately, I don't think either of us will be successful in believing in any of the various hells that most of the religion no. out there proclaim are true or or any of the heavens really i mean at this point it's going to be hard to put 
you know, ourselves into any particular, like I couldn't just go be a Catholic right now. Like I couldn't pull that off Yeah. or any of the other religions. So ultimately it's just, I got to figure out what I believe and just stick with that, you know? Yeah. And just pick something, mix and match, figure out what elements just fit me the most. And then that's my belief system. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's kind of like with in terms of my job, like working for myself, kind of. It's, yeah. It would be much easier if I went and got a nine to five as opposed to hunt around and look around for my own work. And it would be much easier to just go to a sort of nine to five type church, which just you know, has a set set of beliefs and that's it. That's all I have to think about or worry about and that's it. It would be much easier than trying to find out what I truly believe in. That's true. It would be so much easier. And, uh, and I think that's why people do it because it's easy. It's just easy to go believe in something somebody else has come up with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there's there's no hope for me or you. But, no, um, not at all. We'll figure something out. So maybe we'll continue this next week. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. Um, okay. So this is uh, a song. Let me find it. Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. at the end of our show uh, but before we go 
Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was And they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song that does it in honor, in honor of Mother's Day, we're going to play a wonderful song that, um, that speaks to the very heart of us about our mothers, about our mothers, other people's mothers, and uh, it's a uh, it's a wonderful song called "Stacy's Mom" by Fountains of Wayne. Coming up at nine is "No Underwear, No First Name." If you have any feedback or suggestions, or just want to say hi, send me a message at trevor at kskq.org or go to the alternative radio show.com for our past show archive and listen to some of our past skits and segments, subscribe to our podcast or join our Facebook page for more podcasts like this one, visit hubcastnetwork.com. You can listen to our show at our new time every Sunday at 7 PM on kskq.org 94.9 FM. So until next time, this is Trevor Thomas saying thank you and good night.